Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Amen. With that said, today I am super, super uh, pumped. I have been um, about ready to bust out of my skin all week. Uh, this is a very, very special day for us. And uh, before I dive into today's message, I want to invite you, if you would, just to join me in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this day and what it represents and what it really means to us as a church family. Lord, this is so important for us to take our next step to connect. Uh, Lord, just to grow, to be a part of a spiritual family where we can encourage one another and support each other and pray for one another and grow together. And Lord, I pray that we will grow stronger and healthier. Lord, you'll, you'll bring about tremendous change in our lives because of this step of faith. So Lord, in this season, Lord, as we step out and Lord, we trust you to do the supernatural in our lives. Lord, I pray that we would be healthy and stronger, Lord, in ways unlike we've ever thought possible. So, Lord, do what only you can. And, Lord, we just thank you for this day as we call this Vision Sunday for what you want to accomplish in us and through us in 2023. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, I am stoked. And let me just say once again, hey, if you're new with us today, maybe today is your first time visiting with us here at Rethink Life, or maybe you're new to the community. You just moved here and you've been looking for a church that maybe you can plug into, a place that you can call home, a family that you can belong to. You couldn't have picked a better day than today to be a part of what I believe God is about to do. He's already been doing some amazing things, but what he's about to do is really awesome. And I'm excited for what God has in store for us for 2023. And so if you're new, hey, this is an awesome, awesome opportunity for you to have a better understanding of who we are and why we do what we do and hopefully hear the heart behind it all and the vision that God has placed inside of our hearts to reach this city, to reach our community and beyond with the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. I heard a statement here recently by rarely communicated is easily forgotten. And I have found that to be so true. Because when you think about it, many of us lose sight of what could be and what should be. In fact, the Nehemiah principle and the, the prophet Nehemiah in the book of Nehemiah, it's something that he used when the people were in the process of rebuilding the walls there around Jerusalem that had been destroyed. And there was a, a remnant of people that had migrated back to Jerusalem to help rebuild the wall. And so Nehemiah, the visionary, he mobilized the people and they began to do the work. But the Bible says that when the wall reached half, it, half its, its height, then the people began to get weary. They, they began to get tired and frustrated because there was so much rubble and the progress was taking longer than what they anticipated. And so what Nehemiah did on day 26, here's what he did. He recast the vision, he reorganized the people, and he mobilized them, and as a result, they accomplished what they had set out to accomplish in just 52 days. And so, you know, when you think about it, vision leaks. That's the reason why vision that is rarely communicated is easily forgotten. I call it vision drift. And if we're not careful, that can happen even in our personal lives. It can happen to us in our spiritual life. Jesus likened it to walking away from our first love. Couples experience that. You know, sometimes we, we lose the sizzle. We lose the honey in our honeymoon after the wedding takes place. What has to happen? We have to go back and we have to reimagine. We have to recast the vision as to why we got married in the first, path, the first place. We have to return back to our first love just like it was when we 
first got saved, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, in our spiritual journey. And if it can happen to us spiritually, if it can happen to us in our marriage, if it can happen in our families, or families get vision drift. Obviously, it happens in our culture. We see it now more than ever. We see, unfortunately, in corporations and in businesses where visions get lost among the people. And so when there is a drift, when there is a, when there is a, a leak, if you will, in the vision, we have to go back and we have to revisit this is why we do what we do. This is where we're going and this is why it's so important that we get there. And so in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, I don't think there's a greater verse of Scripture in all the Bible that, that really captures the heart of this more so than Proverbs 29, verse 18. And it says this in the Passion Translation. It says, when there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. And in fact, in the message paraphrase translation, it goes like this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. How many of you want to live a blessed life? Man alive, I want to live a blessed life. That's why I'm excited about that one group called Blessed Life. I want to get in on God's blessings. But the only way that we can receive God's blessings into our life, into our marriage, into our family, into our business, into whatever it is, the only way we can receive the blessings of God is for us to capture the vision of God and what he reveals to us, what his vision, what his plan, and what his purpose is for our lives. In fact, there's a Hebrew word for the word vision, and it's pronounced Kazone. Turn to your neighbor and say Kazone. Not calzone like the sandwich, you know, Kazone. Kazone. Some of you, I know where you're going with that. You think, man, I'm ready for lunch. Get me one of those calzones. No, Kazone. It's a Hebrew word, and here's what it is translated to mean it means dream, revelation, vision. And so, vision is kind of like breath, it has to be breathed in and it has to be breathed out over. And over and over. Why? Because vision that is rarely communicated is easily forgotten. Vision leaks. We have vision drift. And so we all need to be reminded. That's why Jesus reminded his disciples to participate in what we did today called communion. What did he say? Do this in remembrance of me. Why did he say that? Because he didn't want us to forget the greatest sacrifice the world has ever known. And that was the sacrifice that he made on a cross so that your sin could be forgiven. So that we could have salvation. So that we could have the gift of eternal life. So we could have purpose that's worth living for. And so think about it. Vision is vital. And one of the things that Jesus did in Matthew chapter 28, and this was, again, kind of a, an opportunity where he rallied his disciples together. And this was shortly before he ascended back to be with the Father into heaven. And, and so here were the disciples who had walked with him. They had been trained by him. They had seen with their own eyes the miracles. They had watched radical transformation. They had witnessed and they had heard and they had seen many of themselves, for themselves, their lives obviously had been wrecked, had been radically transformed and changed. And so these followers of Jesus, when Jesus announced his his going, he, he said, guys, I'm getting ready to go away. And here, the one who had helped change their life, when they heard and understood and they tried to wrap their mind around the fact that he was going to go and they were going to be left behind, it was kind of like this moment of reality of like, oh my goodness, how are we going to make it without you? How are we going to be able to continue? And what Jesus did is he basically said, I'm going, but I'm giving you an assignment to do because I'm coming back. Jesus reminded them, I 
will come again. But in the meantime, between when I come back, here's what your assignment is. And in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, better known as the Great Commission, here's what Jesus told his disciples. This was him casting vision to a small group of men. And he said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the, in the, name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then he said, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus was reminding them that even though I may not be physically here, I, and he goes on to teach later, that he will be sending somebody even greater than himself, the Holy Spirit, to come and live and indwell within us as believers that way, the gospel, that life-changing hope that is found in Jesus Christ can be everywhere because wherever we are as believers, God is there with us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Aren't you thankful for that? So God is not limited to a geographical space. He is not limited to whatever boundaries that have been set forth. No, he is at all places, at all times, he is everywhere and he lives within us. So to put it in a nutshell, what God's vision is for you and for me and what God's vision is for the church, the bride of Christ, the spiritual family of God is basically a fourfold vision. And he laid it out in the Great Commission in Matthew 28. He said, I want lost people to be saved. I want saved people to be discipled. I want discipled people to be trained, and I want trained people to be mobilized. That's it. I mean, case closed. Sermon's over. That's it. Lost, saved. Saved, disciple. Disciple, trained. Trained, mobilized. So how do you put skin on that? How do we flesh that out? How do we put language around that? You know, I believe God has placed us here as a church as Esther was reminded for such a time as this. I can't think of a greater place to be than right where we are. Right here, I'm telling you, smack dab at one of the hottest, fastest growing communities in all of the country. And what a mission field that God has placed us in. So, yeah, we need people to go to the other parts of the world. That's a part of God's vision and his plan. And the Great Commission is to take that message everywhere. That's why we give a portion of our funding to help support organizations that are sending out missionaries around the world. But at the same time, we have the world that's coming to us. At the same time, there are literally thousands upon thousands of people within a 10-mile radius from where I'm standing that are, and let me just put it as bluntly as I know how, as lost as a ball in high weeds. I mean, they don't have a spiritual clue. And what's sad and unfortunate is that they're looking for purpose, they're looking for a hope, they're looking for solutions to all of the problems and the complexities and the challenges that are coming against them. And you know and I know that we have the hope, we have the solution, and his name is Jesus. And Jesus wants you and me to be in partnership with him, to be his vision carriers to our workplace, to our family, to our school. Listen, to our workplace and wherever that might be. In our travels, God wants us to go and to share, to go and to be the salt and the light, to let people be aware of that hope that is found in Jesus Christ. Dale Moody, the great evangelist preacher from many, many years ago, said it best when he said, Our greatest fear should not be of failure, 
but of succeeding at something that really doesn't matter. And how many times are we putting so much effort and energy and money in things that quite frankly really doesn't even matter because it's temporal. And what God has called us to do is to be focused on putting our time and our effort and our energy and our funding into the things that are going to last forever, that are eternal. And what is that? That, are, that is the souls of men and women and teenagers and boys and girls that are lost and in need of Jesus. And that's why we as a church have been placed here for such a time as this. So today, real quick, I just want to give you a little snapshot of where we're going and why we do what we do. I want to try to make this as simple as I possibly can. We have a very simple mission, a purpose here at Rethink Life. The purpose for a mission statement, if you have one at your company or in your business, it's the why behind the what. This is the why behind why we do what we do. And here is our mission statement. It may not be super sexy in the way it is communicated, but here's, here's our mission statement. Here's the why. Here's the purpose. And it is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, that's why we got up early this morning. That's why our dream team showed up today. That's why our, our load-in team got up today and helped set everything up. And that's the reason why our worship team and our production and our children's ministry and our, and our host team. That's why they got here today is because they are a part of leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. They bought into the purpose. They understand that they are investing in something that is, that is more important than the things of this world. But the other question is, it's vision. And vision is directional. It is, how do we get from where we are to, to where we desire to go? How, how are we going to get there and where specifically are we going? It's important that we understand that if you're married you need to understand that as a couple. You need to have a vision for where your marriage is going. If you're not married and you're single, you're a young adult, maybe single again, you need to understand, you need a vision for your life. You need to know where you are headed spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially, vocationally, relationally. You need to have a picture of what could be and should be and start moving in that direction. Same is true with your family. So we have to have a clear picture of where we are going. And for us, our vision in terms of where we are going is to be a regional church that reaches the unreached, connects the disconnected, and engages the disengaged. So I want to put some real simple language to that. Put some skin on it, if you will, to help you better understand. Because at the end of the day, my prayer is that we will all be able to walk out of here and answer questions. That people might ask, like, well, what makes Rethink Life different? What, what, what's their vision? What, what, what are they trying to accomplish? What are, what are they about? What are they trying to do? Well... I just shared some of those things, but I'm going to break it down even further so that today, when you leave, you'll have a better picture of how it all works. But let me just give you a little detail as to where we're going. We've been, as you know, we've been working toward finding a place. We don't want to necessarily be a, a portable church for the rest of our being. We really do believe that we can be more effective and have a greater impact by having a place of our own. So our vision and our dream, our goal of where we're going is we're trying to purchase a minimum of four to five acres. You say, well, why don't you go bigger than that? Well, I would love to. But I don't know when the last time you checked, we've been working it hard for about two years. 
And right here in the Lake Nona area alone, an acre of land is going for $2 million an acre. So, we haven't thrown in the towel. We've just been little by little trying to stash, sock away. Many of you have been giving above and beyond the tithe to be generous, to be abundant in your giving. Because you get, you understand the need and the purpose and the sense of urgency. You understand the magnitude of what that requires. And so many of you have been extremely faithful and generous. But our vision is to acquire a minimum of four to five acres. We've already done the due diligence because we know for a fact that we can put a 30,000 square foot building on four acres of land that will accommodate 150 parking places. In fact, we kind of have a visual to help you better understand what we've already envisioned for it to even look like. So we have a couple of images there to help you better understand. And our vision to even be more specifically is to create what we would refer to as a life center that is a mortgage positive place. You say, what do you mean mortgage positive? That simply means that we would position and design our building to function in such a way to where our building will actually have paying tenants that will use our space and will pay us for that space so that we have multiple streams of income to help finance and fund the ministry so that the church is not single-handedly having to fund everything. And so it's being smarter rather than trying harder and being good stewards with a tool that we believe that God will use to make an even greater impact. And so what we want to do is we want to create a space. We call it a life center and life meaning that we want to create a place for learning. In other words, we want to have a preschool Monday through Friday, an early learning child development center where parents can drop off their children, where they can be in a Christ-centered, value-driven, biblically principled environment that is safe and secure, but is raising up spiritual champions for the glory of God to impact the next generation. That's what we're, we're, we're sowing into that. We want to create a space, I standing for innovation, that is uniquely designed and creative where we are on the front lines with the technology and the tools that we're able to provide as people come in. And whether it's a conference or whether it's an event or whether it's a concert, there will be innovation with technology where people will walk away saying, that place was amazing because of the way it was designed and the way innovation is at the forefront of all they do to help make an even greater impact. F stands for family. As I just stated, we're all about the next generation. And we want to create environments for our children's ministry, let alone our preschool uh, learning, learning center that we just talked about. But on Sundays, we want to have uh, the best that, that we can possibly provide for our children's space. We want to be able to provide student space for our students so that students can gather. Our middle school and our high school and young adults can gather together and they can worship in an environment that once again is breathing life into them. Because you know and I know that, listen, they're being thrown every confusing curveball the culture could ever come up with and we want to give them a place where they have vision to take the world that God has called them to reach with their generation and push back the, the darkness by giving them the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. There is nothing I'm more passionate about than our middle school and our high school student ministry. And it's something that I'm working hard to do everything we can to come alongside and support, but we need a place to do that. But I'm also a firm believer that so goes the church, so goes the family. And so goes the family, so goes the church. I'm a strong believer that the greatest single influence on a child's life is not their peers, it's their parents. And today, parents are drowning in information with all the stuff that's coming at them, 
They're drowning with information. But they're starving, absolutely starving for hope and direction on how to counter the stuff that's wrecking their kids. We want to provide a place that is equipping marriages to be healthy and strong. A place that equips parents to be the godly parents and to be armed with the tools they need to be confident to raise up spiritual champions for God's glory. We want to be able to provide places where there can be hope and training where people are supported and counseling can be given so that people's hurts and struggles and the challenges, listen, where they can be healed and they can be given hope and their lives can be, can be used and repurposed to fulfill God's glory in every area of their life. And we want to be a, a place in that life center that is known for hosting events, not just in our community, but Hey, we're the place that people want to come to. Because, again, we believe our building could be a great light that shines a beacon of hope. That shines bright in the, bright in the midst of the darkness. And we want to give the darkness, listen, we want to give it light through the life of Jesus Christ. And so that's specifically what we're envisioning. Now, one of the things that motivates us and the reason why there's a sense of urgency to all this is because there's over a thousand people a week that move into Orlando. Barna Research did a study back in 2018 and I would be safe to say it's still relevant today that only six percent of the people in central Florida, six percent, only six percent are actively churched in a evangelical Protestant church. Within a 10 mile radius from where I'm standing right here on this stage, as of 2022, there was an estimated of 505,000 people. They're anticipating, forecasting by year 2027, 565, nearly 566,000 people will be in this so-called Lake Nona area within a 10 mile radius. Some of you may be familiar with Tavistock and some of the things they're planning. Obviously, we all know about what they're doing here in Lake Nona. But they just purchased, within the last couple of years, 27,000 acres, now known as the Sunbridge com Community. It is going to be built out, developed, they say, over the course of three decades, some 30-year development. It's going to be more than twice the size of Lake Nona. It's just south of Boggy Creek Road, right there off of Searles Drive, is the grand entrance to the new future of what Tavistock is envisioning. I'm telling you, growth is everywhere. And that's just what they're doing. We all have heard about the 2,000 employees that Disney is moving to this community. And we all know what that means, let alone all of the people that are moving here from all over the world. So again, we don't have to go to the world. The world is coming to us. God has placed us here for such a time as this. So how do we capture this? How do we, again, put flesh on it? How do we put some skin on our vision and on our mission, the why behind the what? Well, let me just break it down even further. And I'm just going to get real personal with you because I think a lot of you in this room can relate to what I'm about to say because chances are many of you, most of you, you probably are one of those people who moved here from somewhere else. And some of you got here maybe because of a job opportunity or maybe you came to start a new business to, you know, pursue a dream that you had or maybe you landed here for whatever reason and maybe you were displaced. Maybe, maybe you intentionally left to come here but in that step of faith of coming to this area you left friends, you left family members. And so you came here alone, not knowing anybody, not having any roots, not having any traditions, not having any family support. And I meet people all the time who echo what we went through when Michelle and I moved here over 20 years ago. We didn't know a soul. 
And yet people are lonely and they're looking for connections. They want to feel connected. They want to be connected. They want to establish some roots. They want to be able to have a sense of camaraderie. I think what they're trying to say is that we want a family. We want a home away from home. And that's the reason why if you go to our website, the thing that you will see, it says it feels like home. Because that's what we want to be. We want to be a home away from home. We want to be a family, a spiritual family that people can connect with. And so therefore, how do we do that? We do it like the early church did it in Acts 2. I love this. All the believers in verse 42 in Acts 2. And all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And I love this. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And I love this. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I don't know about you, but I want to get in on some of that action. I want to be a part of something where people can't even explain their all of what God is doing. But in the process of what God is doing, God is adding people daily. Those whose lives are being changed and transformed for his glory. And so how do we do that? Well, we do that by creating some environments that feels like home. So let me just break it down. I'll be finished. Number one is we want to create what we call a foyer experience. So I don't know where you're from. I'm from Texas originally. And we call them foyers. But if you're really sophisticated, you probably say it like this. Foyer. How many of you say foyer? Y'all call it foyer? How many of you say foyer? All right. Foyer, foyer, means same thing. Well, when you go to somebody's house, you get an invite, right? You go to somebody's house, you walk up to the door, and usually they'll have, hopefully they'll have maybe a little welcome mat right there. Ring the doorbell, knock on the door. And then they, as the host, what do they do? They greet you at the door. And they say, oh, awesome. Thank you so much for coming. Hey, come on in. What do they do? They put out the welcome mat. They invited you, right? They put out the welcome mat. They invite you into their foyer, their, their entryway, if you will. You walk in. But when you walk in, you don't just stop there, right? In other words, you don't just spend the rest of your night in the, standing in the foyer, but there's a purpose for the foyer. There's a purpose for the foyer. And the purpose for that foyer is to be a place of welcome. It is an entry point. And that's exactly what we've designed our Sunday morning experience to be. To be an entry point. My prayer is that today, if this is your first time to visit Rethink Life, my prayer is that maybe you saw somebody in the parking lot. You, you, you saw somebody at the doors. You had somebody greeted you. We, we hopefully had somebody that maybe shook your hand or said good morning or, hey, glad you're here or welcome. I, I hope that, that when you came into our foyer this morning as we put out the welcome mat, hopefully you felt in some way like home. Because that's our intent, and we may not be perfect at it, but we're working towards getting there. But our intent and our heart and why we do what we do on Sunday mornings is so that people can come and they can feel, listen, that this place genuinely cares about you. And we do. We believe that people matter to God, and therefore people matter to us. And we want all the hospitality people that we can get to put the white towel over their arm and say, how can we serve you? How can we welcome you? How can we help you? How can we bless you? Come on in. And so how we 
create those environments to feel like home was by creating a foyer experience. And that's exactly what we do on Sundays. Our Sunday morning experience is a foyer experience because when you come in, when you stood today, when you're seated where you are, guess what? You are seated and you're standing shoulder to shoulder. This is not the place where you're probably going to go deep in relationships. This is not the place where you're probably going to go deep in conversations, but it is a place where you can at least feel welcome to begin the process. But our goal is to eventually take you from the foyer into from the entry point over to what we call the living room. How many of you have a living room? You got a family room there at your house. Well, when you invite people in, what do you do? You say, hey, come on in, have a seat. You, you sit on the couch, you sit on the lazy boy or whatever. You, you kind of just have a place to relax. And what does that place do? That place is an opportunity for you to have conversation. It's an opportunity to put a face and a name with people. It's not as big as a room like this. It's a little smaller. It's a little more accommodating. It's a little more comfortable. But it's an opportunity for you to begin to connect relationally with other people, right? Well, that's the reason why we, this year of 2023, are going to be rolling out a lot of different what we call living room experiences. Because in here we do shoulder to shoulder. But in a living room experience, we want to be face to face. And so therefore, just like you heard earlier, our first our first social event this year is going to be something that we call a married night out where married couples can go and have some fun. But the whole agenda behind it is not pickleball. The whole agenda behind it is to have fun and put faces and names with some other couples so that you can connect. And we're going to do that that exact same thing for men, that exact same thing for women, that exact same thing for young adults, that exact same thing, listen, for, for children and for students. Why? Because we want to create environments where people can put a face and a name together and begin connecting with one another in relationship. But we don't want to just hang out in the living room. We want to eventually take you to the foyer. Excuse me, eventually take you to the kitchen. Because we want to move people from the foyer to the living room, ultimately to the kitchen. Why is the kitchen so important? Because it is the kitchen, not only where we typically have our meals, but it is the kitchen where typically if you got a really tough situation you're working through or you got some questions that you want to get some some wisdom with that usually happens over a cup of coffee, maybe late at night where you have those heart-to-heart conversations with somebody, right? And that's exactly what our life groups are. Our life groups are a kitchen environment that consists of about 10 to 12 people. And as a result, you know everybody's name. As a result, you build relationships with those people. As a result, you have an opportunity to have the conversations. It's an opportunity for you to pray together. It's, a, it's an opportunity to be encouraged. It's an opportunity for people to speak life into one another, where you are supported, where you are prayed for, where you are encouraged, where you do life together, where you do ministry together, where you serve together. Because, listen, that is where life change happens best. And for us as a church, we want everybody to ultimately move from the foyer through the living room so they can get to the kitchen as quickly as they can. As I stated at the very beginning, our vision is not to be a church with small groups. We want to be a church of small groups. Well, we have groups going on all the time at all places. Why? So that people can be doing life together. We are better together. That's how God intended for us to be mobilized. And so with that said, here's your assignment. I'm going to give you some action steps before you leave today. Number one, I want to challenge you to join a group. Join a group. You saw, you met, you put a face and a name with some folks that came up here today. I would encourage you to go out into the lobby here in a few moments Put some faces and names together. Get some information. Take a relational risk. Take a step. Join a group. Join a group. Second thing I want to challenge you to do is join a team. Uh, There in your seats, you should have received our connection card. And I would encourage you to take that connection card. And I would encourage you to also look for the little uh, piece of paper there that should have a variety of different teams 
We call it the dream team here at Rethink Life. Why? Because it takes teamwork to make the dream work. We cannot do what we do. We cannot be the healthy, vibrant church that God has called us to be without those of us who can play our part. Remember, our goal is to reach the unreached and to connect the disconnected and to engage the disengaged. There are many of you that are listening to my voice today, you're disengaged. You're disengaged. In other words, you're a beneficiary of everything that goes on. And I understand there's a season for that. But at some point, we got to move from being a spectator to a participant. At some point, we got to move away from the grandstand. At some point, hey, we got to put on the uniform and we got to get in the game and actually make a difference, fulfill a greater purpose that God has for our lives. You want to find friends? You want to find fulfillment? Join a team join a team because that team can become a group and that group can become a family and that family can make an impact for the glory of God join a group join a team invite a friend invite a friend next week is our friend day next week we're calling it big Sunday we're having a super big Sunday. And here's the challenge. Whoever brings the most friends with them next week, you're going to walk out of here with a 55-inch big screen TV that hopefully you can mount and watch before the Super Bowl on Sunday night. So if that doesn't get your, put a little juice in your cup or a little gas in your gas gas can, I don't know what will. Listen, people need to be reached and guess what? They're just one invitation away. One invitation away. Research has been done. 82% of people who were surveyed said that they would be willing to go to church if somebody would just invite them. My goodness. Over 8 out of 10 people will say yes. Invite a friend. Join a group. Join a team. Invite a friend. And then lastly, I'm going to close in prayer. Fund the vision. Fund the ministry. Fund the mission. Why? Because that's a part of God's plan. This stuff just doesn't happen for free. I wish it did. But a part of God's plan, a part of the way God set up and structured the church to be funded is from his people, better known as the tithe. You say, well, I can't afford to tithe. I've been doing this for a long time, and I'm going to go out on a limb to say, you can't afford not to tithe. You want to be blessed? You want to have peace instead of stress and anxiety and be worried and wigged out all the time about your money and the future and the uncertainties and what about this and what about that you can walk in the will of God having the peace of God by just simply living a life of obedience and when we live a life of obedience God promises he will bless and it may not mean that you're going to live on a mansion off the ocean anybody who says that and promises that they're smoking crack But God will provide every need that you have according to his glorious riches that are found in Christ Jesus. You say, well, I don't even know that I'm even, I don't, I, don't even, I don't even know that I even have that kind of capacity. Start where you are and watch God do what you can't. Just start where you are. Give what you can. Do what you can. For some of you, that might just be 20 bucks a week. It might be 40 bucks a week. For those of you that can, as you progress and you grow in your faith and as the Lord provides and blesses you, increase it. But at the end of the day, let's just 
be a part of what God has called us to be and to do so that we can take back more turf that the enemy has tried to take from us. And the only way we can do that is to fund the vision. To fund the vision. So I want to ask you to pray for something before we pray. We put an offer on a piece of land. And we got rejected. But we're going back to them again tomorrow. They've already verbally said that if we can get to a certain number, that we have a deal. And so, Lord willing, this time next week, we may have a deal on the table. And I'm asking you to pray. And I'm asking you to pray for God's will, God's timing. And I'm asking you to pray for God's provision because it will be the biggest mountain we've ever attempted to climb as a church. And it's going to take every one of us doing what we can with what we have to advance God's vision. Why do we do what we do? To lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We want to provide a place that feels like home. And we want to create environments, a foyer, a living room, and a kitchen. We want to move people from shoulder to shoulder, face to face, heart to heart. Why? So that the unreached can be reached, the disconnected can be connected, and the disengaged can be engaged for the glory of God. If you get it, say got it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your vision. Thank you that it's not about a person or personality. It's about a people. A people that you sent your one and only son, Jesus, to die on a cross for. And to be placed into a tomb and to be raised back to life. And God, I pray that today, if anything, people will walk out of here and they'll get and they'll fully understand what your vision is for the saved, for the lost to be saved, saved to be discipled, discipled to be trained, trained to be mobilized. God, help us to do our part. God, I pray today as we connect in groups, I pray today as we join teams. I pray today as we invite friends. I pray today, God, as we give sacrificially, as we walk a life of faith and obedience to what you've commanded for our lives. Lord, we put our faith and our trust in you. And Lord, if there are those here today who don't know you, if you came today because of a friend who invited you, I just want to say you got an amazing friend who loves you, who cares about you. And they want nothing more than for you to know Jesus. And if you're unclear, you're uncertain about where you stand in your relationship with the Lord, would you be willing to take that step of faith today? And pray this prayer and invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You can say something like this. Just say, dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner. I turn from my sin. Today I, I believe that Jesus died for my sin. He arose again. And by faith, I invite Jesus into my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. His heads bowed and eyes are closed. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, would you let me know? But just holding up your hand high toward heaven today, saying, count me in. I just prayed that prayer and I shamed to admit it. Just hold it up high in the air, saying, yes, count me in, count me in. It's awesome. Father, we thank you for speaking to our hearts today. We celebrate, Lord, for 
these for, for taking these important steps today. We ask it in faith. We pray it in the name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. Come on, let's give God a shout of praise. Can we do that today? And I just want to um, say before we're dismissed, uh, today we have the opportunity uh, as soon as we're dismissed, we're going to do a very, very short, a brief. We went long in here so we can go short out there uh, when it comes to what we call our welcome party. And so if you were uh, thinking about or had a plan to be a part of our welcome party, let me encourage you to take that step today. We'll feed you lunch. Uh, we'll take care of your kids. But it will be a very abbreviated time. But I promise you it will be well worth your time. And it would be a great opportunity, again, to put faces and names with some of our folks. And then also, again, on your way out, stop by our uh, table uh, to check out some of the life groups. You can also go to the Connect table, pick up a free gift as well. As if this is your first day uh, visiting with us here at Rethink Life, we just want you to know we're honored that you've come. And if you prayed that prayer with us today, you can text the word RTL Jesus to the number 97,000. RTL Jesus to the number, number 97,000. You can also check the little box there and that line on your connect card physically that uh, indicates that you prayed that prayer we have a little booklet we'd love to put into your hand you can stop by our next steps table on your way out and uh, we're going to worship the lord through giving today proverbs 3 says that we are to give god our first fruits our first and our best since this is the first sunday of february let's bring our first let's give god our best and let's allow this year of 2023 to be a season where we begin to sow, where we begin to honor the Lord in this area of giving, that we are faithful in this area of giving. And I promise you, if we'll be faithful, God will prove true that He's faithful, and you'll watch yourself grow, and you'll watch God do some things this year in 2023 that you will only be able to give God glory for because you won't have a way to explain it other than the fact God provided. And I just want to encourage you, trust God in that area of your life. Let's be faithful in our giving. Father, thank you for the opportunity we have today to give. Lord, I pray you'll take it, use it, multiply it so that we can advance your purposes and your vision here on earth. But we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.